Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Wild night here in downtown Buffalo. Sabres getting it done by an 8-3 margin. So we welcome you here to the press box. Ryan Colziel with you. A one-sided night in many facets uh, for the blue and gold. 8-3. Tage Thompson, three goals, the hat trick. Three assists, six points. Buffalo's shot barrage continues. 46 tonight. The previous two nights, 45 and 45. So they are averaging over 45 shots a game in these last three contests. And the offense just explodes tonight against Detroit. Three for Thompson. Quinn gets his first of the season. Skinner gets his 300th career goal. Darlene, Cousins, Asplund his first of the season. Eight in total as Buffalo beats Detroit by an 8-3 to three score. All right, coming up here on the postgame, we'll be heading down to the locker room. And Paul Hamilton is on his way as we speak. I am sure we will hear from Tage Thompson amongst the players here tonight. Uh, in what should be a very happy Sabre dressing room. So player interviews coming up here any moment. We'll also have Don Granato and his post-game comments. Uh, we'll run you through some of the highlights, hear the calls from Dan Dunleavy, and uh, we'll update you on the standings because the Sabres have won again to improve to 6-3 and three on the season. The month of October is now done, and if Buffalo can win six of every nine in every month... I know some months there's more than nine games, but you get the drift. They can play at this pace. There's going to be postseason hockey in Buffalo this year, so that'll be pretty exciting. But what a night for Thompson. What a night for the offense. Uh, on a night where I came in wondering, hey, the Sabres are going to be without three of their best defensemen. Labushkin out. Um, Yoki Haru still in IR. Samuelson out. I mean, this these are three players the Sabres counted defensively. Could they figure out a way to get it done? Well, it didn't matter because this is not to insult the six that we're playing, but it didn't matter who's playing D tonight. Buffalo put eight up on the board. So really, really impressive stuff there uh, as the Sabres get it done. And, I mean, these goals were well-earned goals. These weren't lucky goals. They weren't crazy bounces. Thompson, a, Thompson's three goals alone, a one-timer from the circle is his first one. The second one on the power play, a little shifty move to create some space, and then he lets go a quick shot. And then the third one's the best of them all. A slick move where he goes left, right, left, right in, and then you know Nedeljkovic is just in no position at all to get it done. And uh, that made it his third one. The other goals, again, quality goals. Cousins, a beautiful wrist shot. That one goes in. 
Uh, Skinner's goal, a real nice one. And then Quinn, his shot up high over the shoulder of Nedeljkovic. So um, the eight goals tonight, like, the Sabres earned them all. And guess what? They probably could have had 10 or 11. Middlestat alone could have had 10 or could have made a 10. He hit the post cleanly twice. Cousins, I'm glad he ended up scoring tonight. He deserved one. He had multiple chances early in the first and early in the third period. Uh, Buffalo had a two-on-one in the second period with Middleset and Quinn that could have resulted in a goal. So, I mean, the chances were there for maybe double digits. I mean, it was just one of those nights. The Red Wings uh, have given up a lot of goals last season a few times, but for them to put up eight tonight, I'm sure the Sabres got to feel good about where they are at to uh, finish the month of October with a six to three, or sorry, a six and three record, and this eight to six, eight to three victory. All right, let's uh, get you some final stats of the game. They're brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Again, the shots just jaw dropping. Again, 46, 17 of those in the third. The shots in the third were seventeen three, Buffalo. Detroit just ends up with eighteen. So, I mean, jeez. 18 to 46. That's that's just an insane margin there, differently. Okay, power plays. Buffalo, two of seven. And Detroit only had one power play the whole night. Zero of one. In net, Eric Comrie, the win. 15 saves. He sat back and enjoyed this one for sure. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, just as I think as Rob said correctly, he just exhausted at the end of the night. The play was in the end of the Detroit side in the Detroit offensive or defensive zone virtually the entire game. 46 shots he had to face. He made 38 saves. Uh, so there are your stats here. We'll get you some more here coming up. As we said, Thompson, six points in this one. Three goals and three assists as Thompson has nine shots on goal in the game to lead all players on both sides. Uh, Cousins has five shots and a goal along the way. Uh, other players, Jeff Skinner, a solid night. One goal, two assists for three points, a plus two and four shots on goal. Skinner was 10 of 12 on faceoffs, too. So a nice night for him uh, in the faceoff circle, getting it done. Speaking of Skinner, congratulations on his 300th goal. Here's Paul Hamilton with Skinner. It's pretty nice, eh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty nice. He's, he's real good, obviously. Uh, all game. Uh, Finish your place, but I think overall just winning battles and um, yeah, he did a great job. Jeff, what does 300 goals in the NHL mean to you? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's nice, I guess. I means I've been a while, around a while, I guess. Um, but I think for me, like, you're not going to score goals unless you got five guys on the same page out there. So obviously, it means I've, I've had some good chemistry with guys over the years and. Um, Probably had a couple open nets, so it's a couple, uh, couple good passes from some line mates, probably. Jay Jets' reputation as a goal scorer. What makes him dangerous as a playmaker? I mean, I think when he gets going like that, it's it, it's tough for teams to defend. They've got to respect his shot. They've got to respect um, his size, obviously, and um, that opens up space for, for everyone around him. So, um, yeah, he's the kind of guy that can sort of take over a game and, and dominate, and, uh, yeah, he did that tonight. It's only the sixth. Six uh, players to have six points in a game in Sabres history. Was there anything different, anything special about him tonight? Uh, no, <laughs> we have to ask him. I don't know. I think figure it out. He should let us all know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think he 
he was playing well. Obviously, uh, we had a few on the PP, so PP was clicking pretty good, pretty uh, pretty well tonight. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those nights. Obviously, you're not going to get that that every night, but um, you stick with doing the right things, and and over time things will pay off. I think uh, I think he's hit a few posts uh, coming into tonight, and uh, obviously he sort of. Uh, Showed a, showed a little bit of what he can do in the third period of the last game and just carried it into tonight and um, yeah, hopefully he can keep this rolling. Justin, he's as hot as he is. Are you in a position where you almost expect the puck is going to get to you and he just put it on a screen wherever he wants to put it? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I want to put it in I want it in the net, so uh, he's been putting it there. So, But yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's obviously extremely confident with the puck right now and again, it comes from winning battles and and uh, and obviously making plays with his skill. His skill is, uh, is obviously on, on display, but winning battles, getting this time with the puck, and, and then just trying to read off him is, is sort of, I think, your job as a winger when he's when he's playing that way. I know we got to ask him, why did you choose Whitney? Uh, good vibes, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I just was going for a good song that people could, uh, I don't know, sing along to, so that's that's my pick. Do you pick it yourself? That that one was me. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, for the next one. I don't know. I have to. That was me too. Yeah. I mean, you like get some uh, suggestions from people, like my sister and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think I should put that out there. But uh, yeah. Did you uh, have any concern about changing a good combination? Uh with the goal song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. It seemed to be a big hit, so it was, it was a lot of pressure to, to change it because I didn't want to make anybody too mad. But uh, seems like the next this one's been been doing okay. So Jeff's gonna run the post game, Brian. Back to you. Shocking, we're talking about goal songs here, right? <laughs> On a night that the Sabers score eight. Well, you got to hear the goal uh, the goal song of the uh, player that scored uh, eight times. Yes, I mean that's 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 a big deal, right? You're switching from uh, from Miley to Whitney. I mean that's. That's a big deal for some fans here, for sure. I know my wife has a strong opinion on whether he should have stuck with Miley or gone with uh, gone with Whitney. But nevertheless, Skinner, an outstanding game for him tonight. Second star honors, 300th career goal, a goal and two assists in the game. I mean, that line with Oposo and Thompson just dominating throughout as uh, Buffalo gets it done in this 8-3 to final tonight. Uh, your three stars, Jack Quinn, very solid night. Star number three with a goal. Skinner, I just mentioned, star number two. And uh, no doubt about it, Tage Thompson. Star number one, he's the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Be sure to check out Town BMW's lineup of EVs. The only maybe bummer of the night is that the building was only half full. They announced 9,673. It would have been very cool if we would have had the crowd as we did on Saturday. And I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not calling out anybody here. Like, it's a Monday night. It's Halloween. The Sabres have played three home games here in a short span. The weather, you, you know, everything, just adding it up here. The Bills were home yesterday. The Sabres were here Saturday. Like, it wasn't a night maybe where people were just clamoring to go out. Um, but, boy, for the, for the crowd that was here, it was super loud. All right, most points in a game all time. Thompson fell one short of the record. Gilbert Perrault on February 1st, 1976, had seven points in a game. Thompson with six. That ties the second most ever. 
amongst the names that got six, well, Perot again, LaFontaine a few times, Andrichuk, Savarv, Lorenz. So, yeah, you get the point there. That's He's in pretty good company. But Thompson, in terms of points in a game, the second best performance ever behind Gilbert Perot back in 1976. All right, Don Granado still to come. We also hope to have maybe more from the locker room coming up here shortly uh, with Paul Hamilton, as uh, we, I'm sure we're going to still hear from tonight's number one star, Tage Thompson. Brian, one of the most impressive things, not only is the eight goals impressive, but how many times have the Sabres had those uh-oh moments in the past, and it snowballs? And what I mean is Dylan Larkin's goal, 419 in the third period. All right, we're going to hold up Pat on that for one second. Down to the room. Here's Tage Thompson live. Uh, here for breakfast. <laughs> Same thing every day. Tage, what was more exciting, get the hat trick or having a six-point night? Um, I don't know. I think, obviously, getting the win is always a good feeling, especially, you know, eight to three. I um, thought we played a really good game all the way around, but obviously it's a nice feeling when, you, when you're when you scoring, you're contributing on the on the score sheet, so it's nice. Tage, you've been piling up shots three games in a row. Just how much confidence do you have with the puck these last three games? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the confidence is, has been there from the start of the season. I think maybe uh, the first few games I wasn't getting enough shots, maybe being a little too cute. And um, I think I just try to simplify and get pucks to net, whether it's a you know a clear lane to the net or not, just trying to find ways to get to the, get it to the net. And then from there, if it doesn't go in, at least it's creating a rebound and we're getting possession from it. So just trying to simplify the game, and uh, from there you get your offense. You tied Pat LaFontaine's record getting points on eight consecutive goals. Uh, does that mean something to you to be mentioned in the same uh, breath as Pat LaFontaine? Yeah, obviously. I didn't know about that stat, but uh, it's pretty cool. Obviously, he's you know one of the best to play the game, so to be mentioned in the same breath is pretty pretty cool feeling. What's it been like having this line change, having a captain up there? With one of the top lines yeah. since then, we've been pretty much on like nine of the last eleven goals. Yeah, it's been great. Obviously, I think we got a uh, we got such a good group that it doesn't matter who you play with. I think uh, everyone clicks with everybody. So when uh, you know you're not feeling it one night, maybe jumble up the lines and start to click with another line. It's been great for us and uh, me and Skinny in particular. And Oki's uh, such a a great leader, so hard on battles, and he just plays a really hard, simple game, and he's got a lot of skill. So, um, you know, when he does get the puck, he holds on to it and, and finds guys. And for me, it's pretty easy. I just try to find uh, find an open spot on the ice to get a shot off. You had a few minutes there in the third where the game suddenly got tight. It felt a little bit like some of the games against Detroit last year. I mean, what kind of statement does the last eight minutes make? Yeah, it was a big game for us. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, they're in our, our division. And um, I think the biggest thing for us is just um, kind of, what I talked about last time is, you know, last season maybe we would have gotten a little nervous in that situation. I, I think, I mean, we look up and down the bench, I don't think anyone's nervous. They get a little bit of a push there in the third. and uh, We're really calm on the bench, and we just stick to our game. And uh, I think we just know if we do that, we're going to win. So. Dave, what did you think about uh, Jack finishing that chance on the pass that you made? Yeah, it was a great shot. Obviously, Oki, I don't think Oki knew it was in. He started chasing after it, but uh, it was a great shot. He's got an unbelievable shot and a great release, so I think uh, you know, for him, anytime he can get into those little pockets where he gets a shot off, he's going to be deadly. When you have a night like tonight, does anything feel different that tells you you're in the zone? Um, I mean, not really. I think hockey's so weird. Like You could have a game just like that, and none of them will go in for you. And um, you know, you, I mean, the last few games, I think we've been getting a lot of chances, and um, tonight was just one of those nights where everything seemed to be going in for us. So I think you just you, you play the game the same way regardless of the outcome, and um, I think that's something that everyone in this room prides themselves on. Tage Thompson, post game, Brian, back to you. Hey, Paul, Tage Thompson there. 
six-point effort, as we said. Uh, Paul mentioned the stat and then uh, the second most points ever in a game behind Perot. Pat, you want to finish your comment from before? Yeah, you go back to the end of the second period where David Perron scores with less than a minute to go, and then Dylan Larkin scores on a, you know, he tries to pass across the ice, it hits off the Sabre defender, it goes back to him, and you're sitting there saying, this is a one-goal game. I know. They, how is it? Right. right. <laughs> and how do the Sabres respond? Rasmus Dahlin, Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson, then Rasmus Asplund with the goal less than a minute to go. So that's how the Sabres team responds now. It doesn't end up in a 5-4, 6-4 loss. It results in an 8-3 win because this team finds a way to not let that moment develop into something even bigger, which we've seen so many times before. Yeah, Thompson even just admitted to it. He just said, look, last season we maybe would have gotten a little nervous in the third, and he says, now we're calm, we know we're going to win. And that's the that's the evolution of a young team. And when you want to say, are they going in the right direction? That's one tangible example of how. For sure, Sabers will next play Wednesday to close out the four game homestand here. Uh, just want to note the start time if you are planning on coming down here to the game. It's a seven thirty game. Back to the room. Jack Quinn with his first goal. Here he is live with Paul Hamilton. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Jack, uh, had had to be feel good to have that first or the first one go in for you. Had one go in that didn't count, and now this one counts. Yeah, it was uh, great to get the first one, and um, it's obviously fun to score. So yeah, it was a good feeling. Did you know it was in? Because uh, Oposo didn't. He went after the puck. He yeah. didn't know. Did you know? I saw that. Me and me and Skinny were laughing uh, afterwards at that, but I saw the the mesh move, so I figured it was in. What does this game mean for the team? I mean, Detroit made it close in the third period, then you guys just hit the accelerator and and one going away. What have the last two nights where you guys have pretty much dominated the offensive zone meant to this team? Um, I think it's great. I think it gives us confidence as a team and, um, you know, shows we can um, be that good and just got to keep trying to improve and and, uh, keep repeating that. Why do you think you guys have been so good in the offensive zone uh, as a team? Uh, I think we're just we're just playing well. Uh, we've been a lot of good players, and um, we're playing well with each other with some good chemistry. And um, yeah, I think it's we're just building on it. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but it just seems watching you, your confidence is growing each game. How much getting on the power play has that helped your confidence, maybe to move forward? Yeah, I think it's helped for sure. I mean, um, obviously as an offensive player, you want to be out there and with the puck on your stick and in those situations. So. Um, I think that's definitely definitely helped with um, my offensive touch. Fun to see what uh, Tage can do, get three goals and six points in a game. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. It was uh, fun to watch. Really, uh, yeah, really fun to watch. Thank you very much, Jack. No worries. Jack Quinn in the postgame. Brian, back to you. Right, Jack Quinn there as the Sabres get it done by an 8-3 to three score. So Thompson, you know, all the interviews they've been asking players about Thompson. I just tweeted out a – Video, uh, thanks to the Charging Buffalo for the video. Watch Rasmus Dahlin's reaction to Tage's third goal. That's where he goes, deke left, deke right, back to right, left, right. Watch the top of the screen in this video I just tweeted out. If you don't follow me, at Brian WGR, uh, check it out. Dahlin doing what we all were doing, doing the like, oh, look at that. It's pretty funny. Just to show that these guys are appreciating Tage just as much as we all are. Darlene's pretty good himself. He got in on the scoring with a goal, too. Sabres win 8-3. to three. Lots more to break down. We'll get you highlights. Don Granato, Paul Hamilton, some highlights. We'll update you on the standings, too, as the Sabres improve to 6-3 and three on the season. October is done. November 2nd is when the Sabres play next. Pittsburgh, 7-30 puck drop coming up here on Wednesday from KeyBank Center. 
All right, for all of our local affiliates, we're going to say goodnight to you. If you want to keep listening, go to WGR550.com. Click on the Listen Live button, and you can keep going here on the postgame as we still have more to come from KeyBank Center. A big night for the Sabres offense. 8-3 the final. They beat the Detroit Red Wings. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Bank Center, 8-3, Sabres win. Don Granato now speaking to the media live. And then work and then get rewarded for it. But I, in all honesty, when you're standing behind the bench, I'm thinking, you know, our next five, six games, to be quite honest with you. As we're as you're watching it, you know, you know, you you know you need to keep preparing. Um, so a little bit later in the game, your, your your brain is already turning to that. You said a couple days ago that Paige Thompson's going to start scoring as long as he keeps shooting. Is the last two games pretty much what you were talking about, that eventually they were going to start going in if all the shots continued? Yeah, I mean, yes. You just know it. You see it. You see, you know, we've seen Kyle Ocposo play really, really well the last few games. And you, you, you're with these guys every day. You've coached, you know, you've coached for obviously uh, too many years to count. But you, you see ahead of time, how these guys are getting and feeling their game and finding a rhythm, as, as I've talked about a lot. Um, so there's certain signs that point to inevitability, that they're going to score, they're going to be successful by the work they put in, by the confidence they gain, and by the rhythm they gain. And, and you could see that uh, starting to happen for, for Tej and Skinner and Oki in the last uh, little bit here. Special seeing Tej do that, though. I mean, you were you watched him at 15 years old, and to have him put up a performance like that in the NHL. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing it, it's it's enjoyable to watch Tomer uh, having a history with him, knowing him when he was 16 years old, and watching him grind his way uh, to this point in his career. There, there's a special meaning there when you go through that with somebody, and you you know they put the work in. Um, so yeah, it, it was exciting, and 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 honestly, the, the the thing that sticks out was just the excitement of the bench and the players around him. Uh, really tells you what person he is. And obviously we know he's a talented hockey player, but that speaks volumes for what, what type of person he is. And I get to know that, and, and I've known that for years. And then to see that and see a kid that uh, it took so long for him to flourish and be recognized for the talent he is, uh, to see him fight through that and now start to get some rewards for that work, it's it's definitely enjoyable to see. How about the goal that got him a hat trick? Is that about as nice of a goal as you see? Uh, that is, you know? that is. And we're trying to convince all our guys, you know, score some of the ugly ones and, and the pretty ones will just fall in there a lot. I think, you know, we've been guilty of trying to pass the puck into the net over the last few games. And uh, we got, we got, you know, more more direct, more assertive, and by virtue of that, the inevitability, this, these guys' instinctive talent comes out, and that was all... Uh, instinct for for Tomer. He went to the net hard, and he read the situation and and this, let his talent flow with it. And uh, that's what you get. And that's where we got Darlene. You know, that's where Darlene is with his game now. He just he trusts it that I don't have to figure it out before I go attack the guy. I'll figure it out as it happens and uh, just attack. And very nice to see. How encouraging is it to see her? Some of your top guys really flourishing early in the season like you have. Yeah, well, it's a build. I mean, we're still really early in the season. We we know every team is still building, um, so we, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves in that. There's a lot of work, um, and, and these guys, you know, enjoy coming to the rink every day and working. So 
we just got to stay on it. Uh, the thought is we better go after them now, now, because they, they've, they've, you know, any team feels that little bit of life, we got to go after them hard right now and can't sit back. So um, to break through there was was great. You know, our, our message on the bench was let's go. We got to get after them now. Uh, and, and they did that. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, they were rewarded for it. But What does that say about the evolution of this team, though? Because that felt a little bit like last year against Detroit, and you weren't able to get through it, and tonight you turned it right around and got through it. Yeah. Um, well, when I think, again, of the evolution, we, we do have a long way to go. So, um, it's it's. but those are the things you want to see. You know, these are the things you can't replicate. And as we said, you can't replicate this in training camp. You can't replicate it in all the training they do in the summertime. You have to go through the regular season, give up a goal, be crunched, and decide whether you're going to tighten up or get back after it. And, again, you, you can only replicate that in, in game. We tried to use those scenarios last year. I spoke of that a lot, that adversity is going to make us better in the future. And, um you know, it, it will continue to do that. Like I said, this is a evolution. We know we have a lot of these guys continuing to be back now. They're in our franchise. We can see that building uh, with the contracts we're signing. Uh, and they're young, and they got to go through this stuff, and they're going to keep going through it. As I mentioned, the tough road ahead, the challenging road ahead with the teams coming in or teams we're going to visit. Um, there's another level we got to get to. Uh, as far as Jackson, transformation last 7 to 10 days, we talked about a little bit this morning, but just what have you seen? Even beyond the goal has hit tonight, it seems like he's reached another level. He has reached another level, and probably a couple. And, and it's uh, a credit to him as his his talent. A um, little bit, you know, miraculous where he 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 looked like things were challenging him, different areas, offensively, defensively. He was able to set, you know, we 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 sat him out a couple games just to catch his breath, really. And uh, I, I remember mentioning you guys last year. He, he's like a homing torpedo. He can he can recalibrate and figure it out. And, and it's amazing how he came back in the lineup. It looks like a new player with with new energy. And uh, really a credit to him for being able to adjust himself. You know, it wasn't really anything I did or the coaches did, uh, other than real simple messages and, and basically supporting him, knowing we seen him a lot last year and and that's the nice part of having rochester close is you, you know he's a talented kid you know he's going to do it don you had 14 different guys on the score sheet tonight and significantly more net presence than saturday night what does that say about the younger guys ability to grasp the film and what you needed them to change to be able to adapt so quickly uh yeah i guess it it says I don't know if it says they're they're listening or not, but but uh, no, I, I don't want to make it sound like we're we're doing this as as a coaching staff. We're, we're not. We're we're this. These are guys that you just you point, you challenge, uh, and they pick up. There's a lot of stuff that's nice that they you hear them talking on the bench and and uh, situations you don't have to coach, but I think they collectively, uh, you know, they recognize that we would bring it to their attention uh, that they could score more by being a little bit more aggressive and I think they just took over honestly uh, um, you know it's fun to see and it does say say a lot um, you you don't have we had a little bit more opportunity tonight than you typically would get I think we caught a team on a on a, on a more challenging night for them uh, but our guys did take advantage of that so it, it's a credit for that but but the perspective you know I know we, we probably did catch them on a, on a little tougher night for them well Don when you have these emotional Types of games where you know people are breaking records or, or tying records. Um, 
are you able to take a step back and kind of look at how this culture growth that you and Kevin and the staff have built and how it's finally having results? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't ever want to do that, actually, because <laughs> it's just too tough of a league. Um, and and I haven't you know I haven't done that as a coach. It's as I mentioned, you're on that bench and you know this game. Okay, we're in a situation where we're going to win this game down the stretch. You're already thinking about the next game. Honestly, you're you're thinking about you know situations within the game. Okay, we got to get to that guy tomorrow morning to discuss it. Should have been simpler, or easier, or, or you know, are we communicating it right? Uh, so you're always processing like that. You know, how can we get better? And uh, you know, and honestly, we we just need to keep getting better. Obviously, it was a goal fuss, but it took its time to get there. When you're at 1-1 in the beginning of the second period and the puck just didn't look like it was falling your way at any point, how do you dig yourself out of that and get those goals? Yeah, those are the situations that, that I love us being in because, you again, that's a situation I mentioned. You cannot replicate that potential tension You know where you feel you deserve something more. You feel like you deserve to be up a couple. You hit a post here, you, and you just we need to go through that knowing that embrace it. Embrace it. It's, it's going to happen again. It's probably going to happen worse. You know, we know that. So how are we going to deal with it? And and those are the things we're doing and trying to do behind the scenes is use all those as, as moments to that, that we can grow, uh, become something better because of. And uh, so, you know, adversity is a good thing as long as you're winning hockey games. And that's, uh, that's our intent. And we know we're going to have to face this stuff. So I like the way our guys handled it. All right, Don Granado's postgame comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Emergency Services. Specialists bringing the heat on and off the ice. So we bring you back up here to the press box at KeyBank Center. Brian Colziel with you. We'll head down to the media room in a few minutes to get Paul Hamilton's take on this 8-3 to Buffalo victory. But the story of the night, Tage Thompson, we're going to take you through the highlights. Uh, we're not going to have time to do all eight goals, but we are going to give you... The three from Tage Thompson here, and he gets one in each of the periods. So let's start in period number one. We go to the 16:52 mark, and this one, a one-timer, a blast from Skinner. Thompson putting Buffalo on the board first. Smith trying to clear this Red Wings group is gassed right now. Skinner, far side, one-timer scores! TNT with a little trick and treat. By the Sabres to open the scoring, it's one nothing over the Red Wings. So Thompson with his fourth from Skinner and Fitzgerald that made it a one to nothing Buffalo lead. Only Mata scoring early in the second for Detroit, tying it up at one. A few minutes later, Jack Quinn his first of the year to put Buffalo up by a two one score. We shift gears to later in the period, Buffalo adding a few more. Skinner his 300th career goal, his second of the season. That at 14-26 to make it a 3-1 Buffalo lead. Then, after the 5-on-3 expires, it goes 5-on-4, and Buffalo's power play coming through. A nice move from Thompson as he gets his second of the night to put Buffalo up by three. Well, he stays on the wall near side outside the Sabres' blue line. Now Kyle Pozo looks up, finds a streaking Alex Tuck down the wing. It's dropped back, and patience pays off right there! TNT does it again! Blowing up the Red Wings with his second goal of the game. His fourth point of the evening. All right, more to come from Thompson for sure at 18.30 on the power play from Tuck and Oposo. 4-1 Buffalo, 
Perron scores in the final minute of the second to make it a 4-2 Buffalo lead. That's where we stood after 40 minutes. We go to the third, and Detroit making it interesting with a shorthanded goal from Larkin, 4-19 into the third period. That cut the Buffalo lead to one, but then the goals start coming again, and four in a row for Buffalo. Darlene on the power play makes it 5-3. Cousins, less than two minutes later, his fourth of the year on a wrister, makes it 6-3. And then here's your play of the game at 15-58. A real sick move in front for Thompson. His third of the night and sixth point to put Buffalo up 7-3. Thompson with a shot from well out. Hunting for a second hat trick. Back it all. What a move. Are you kidding me? Yeah, hats on the ice. Thompson with his sixth of the season, third of the game. Skinner and Darlene assisting. That is the play of the game brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. So that made it a 7-3 Buffalo lead. Asplund scored in the final minute at 1921, his first of the year, to make it an 8-3 final. Before we close on the highlights, though, we got to get to our save of the game. And, well, Eric Comrie had kind of a quiet night. He only had to make 15 saves. Our save going to Kyle Oposo tonight. We know Dan and Rob were talking about this on the broadcast. He's grabbing the puck for a milestone night for Jeff Skinner. Stretching a 6-3 lead here, later stages of the third period. Kyle Oposo, you know, for a big save of the game, we're usually looking to goaltenders, but Jeff Skinner, back in the second period, scored what would be his 300th career goal. Kyle Oposo, way to go, guys, way to go. Goes back, picks up the puck. Anderson Williams, and that puck is being well protected. Yeah, so Oposo doing his captain-like duties, as everybody would say, dad, right, on the team. Saving that 300th career goal puck for Skinner. Save of the game, brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. So an 8-3 final, Buffalo out shooting Detroit 46-18. Two power play goals for Buffalo uh, Detroit 0 for 1 on the night with the man advantage. Uh, your three stars, Quinn, star number three, Skinner, star number two, Thompson, star number one in front of 9,673 announced here at KeyBank Center. Buffalo closes out the four-game homestand on Wednesday, 7.30 puck drop. We'll have the pregame for you at 6.30 right here on the Sabres radio network couple of other notes for Thompson here. We mentioned it's the second most points ever by a Sabre in a game. Gilbert Perot has the most. He had seven uh, back on February 1st, 1976. But other than that, only Perot's seven bests what you saw tonight. Thompson with six points. Also, here's a little interesting Halloween stat on Thompson. Thompson has three goals and three assists, obviously, in this game tonight. He joins Bobby Clark in 1976 and Wayne Gretzky in 1989 as the only players to have six points on Halloween night. So there's a uh, there's a Halloween fact for you. Bobby Clark, Gretzky, Thompson. Six points on Halloween. All right. It's kind of a cool stat for sure. And the Sabres did it on a night where they could have used some offense to help their 
defense right now, which is a little banged up as we get to the injury report now, brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. The injuries on D. Labushkin did not play. Yoki Haru did not play. Samuelson did not play. Those are your injuries on the Sabre blue line. Okay, down to the media room now. Paul Hamilton for more on this wild night, Paul. Did you hear that stat? Halloween, only Gretzky and Bobby yeah, Clark. Yeah. Pretty good. And one more to talk about. He had points that's now broken on eight consecutive goals. He's only the second Sabre to ever do it. Pat LaFontaine did it in 1992-93. So Thompson and LaFontaine, the only two Sabres in history to record a point on eight consecutive goals. Impressive stuff for sure. And I don't know if you had your headset on, if you heard the Perot stat, seven points the most ever as a Sabre. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Thompson the second highest. Uh, amongst the group, uh, Anderchuk has done it, Perot has done it. LaFontaine has done it, so uh, he's in a good class there. Well, Paul, the I mean, the goals, I mean, they're, they're all really good. The first one is a blast one-timer, which we know Tage can do. The second one is that little shifty puck movement to create some space, and then the quick shot. And then the third one is a ridiculous move in the crease. Nadelkovich just nowhere to go, no help at all. I mean, those were goals that were well-earned, all real highlight goals there. That wasn't any sort of lucky bounce sort of night for Tage Thompson. Yeah, and and just the way he's come along. And remember when we were talking about, I believe it was the Montreal game, where he had eight shots on goal and 12 shot attempts, and nothing was going in for him? And when we were just talking, you just had to know if that continues – it's going to start going in for him. There's no question, you know. So, um, with that with that in mind, then, you know, it was this streak started in the middle of the third period, last game against Chicago, as the team's down three to one. In just under nine minutes, Thompson had two goals and an assist. His two goals tied the game at three, and then he assisted on Olison's overtime goal. And all that happened in less than nine minutes. So he had three points and three consecutive game and goals. And then it, it just started in this game where, you know, he takes gets the one-timer in the circle, and there he goes. And next thing you know, he's got five points, and the Sabres have five goals, and he has points on eight consecutive goals. It was, it was just like he went from, boy, I can't get a puck to go into the net to, like, I can't get the puck to stop going into the net. Yeah. Uh, type of thing no matter what he did the puck was going in so it, it, it that's just pretty much what happens with goal scores and now he's on a streak and um you know I was saying after the Montreal game and even after the win against Chicago your best players have to be your best players they were against Chicago and that's why they came back and won and they continued to be against Detroit Thompson on pace for 55 goals if anybody's wondering I know it's a little early for – is it too early for on pace, Paul, or is that okay? <laughs> no, you can do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's too early to get all excited over a six-and-three month, too, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I mean, uh, you know, that's what I was all summer long when we were talking and uh, writing and doing, you know, talking about the season. I, when the schedule came out, I saw this month, and I said, if they truly are a better team, they got to take advantage of this month because two points are just as good in October as they are in April. 
Two points or two points. And you're just they started winning the fans back in April last year with the RJ night and the and the Eichel night and they were winning. They were on a 103 point pace in their last 28 games and attendance was starting to go up. You know, people were saying, "You know what? I liked what I saw. I think I'm going to come back." Is this for real? And I thought, well, all right, people are excited. It was it, This is the most excitement over the summer I've seen since Briere and Drury were around. You know, people were excited about this team and think, you know what, I think maybe they finally have it right. And I agreed with them. But in order to keep the fans here, um, you have to have a good start. And I thought this was a month where they could take advantage of their schedule and get a good start. And I think six and three, you can't do much better than that. What is that? A six sixty-seven month as far as points percentage goes. And uh, you know, I, I really think, especially playing in Calgary, in Edmonton, and uh, winning the in those places, yeah, you slipped up against Seattle. And I think you know things like that are going to happen. And even the Montreal game, you know, coming back, you, you ran into a hot goaltender, and that that was going to happen. But a two-game losing streak didn't become a four-game losing streak, didn't become a six-game losing streak. And in the last 11 years, that's what happens. And next thing you know, we're sitting here talking about a team that hasn't won in nine games, and they're out of it, and it's Thanksgiving. And, you know, they pretty much have been out of it every season in the last 11 by the holidays. And that's what you couldn't let happen, and they didn't. That tells me they're a better team. All right, you're going to lose two games in a row. It's going to happen again. But it can't turn into five to seven to nine and those types of things. And they, they lost two. They turned it around. They got a come-from-behind victory against Chicago. They dominate Detroit, and they finish the month six and three. And I think that's a very good month for them. Well, Paul, everybody in the Atlantic division has played at least nine games other than Ottawa, who has eight. And there's only one team with more points, and that's the Bruins. So you're ahead of all the other teams. Again, I mean – through one month, you can only say you can only control one month at a time. But I mean, if if you were asking for them to to do this, if you said, "Look, out of the eight teams in the division, only one team's going to be better than you after a month," you'd sign up for that in a second. And now they just got to try to keep this going, and maybe they do it again for another month, and then or at least be in the better half of every month as they go on, and then they'll be right in that playoff race when everybody wants them to be in February and March. And to give you an example of how difficult that four-game road trip was, the Pittsburgh Penguins just finished that road trip. They went 0 for 4, and they wasn't even close. They, they got trounced in some of those games. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, same order. They go 0 and 4, and then they come home. They're going to be Buffalo's next opponent. I can't tell you if Buffalo's going to win that game or if the Penguins will be back to what people would expect out of them or if they're going to continue to struggle. I, I don't know. We'll find out on Wednesday. But, again, that's a team that's reeling. Are they going to be mad or are they going to be fragile? they got some people, some veteran players who are great hockey players in, in uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang on that team. So being fragile sounds like a little bit of a stretch. But they didn't do well in those four road games. So we'll see where the Penguins are at and where the Sabres are at when Wednesday rolls around. Paul, quickly to finish here, how about just a thought on Skinner, uh, up to 300. That's a, a pretty nice mark to have. I love how humble he is, too. You know, gives credit to everybody else. I mean, you do have to have some talent to score 300 goals. 
Yeah. And he basically gave the credit to his teammates and luck and that type of thing. Kind of that too. But you can't say it's all that and not you had nothing nothing to do with it. The kid knows how to score goals, and I'll still call him a kid. He's a kid to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know when he gets an opportunity around the net and things are open, you know he 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 can put the puck in the net. So, you know, I, I uh, it's a great accomplishment for him. A lot of those goals were scored in Carolina before he got to Buffalo, but he did have the forty goal year in Buffalo, and then last year he was up over thirty. Um, you know, so he's had some good seasons here in Buffalo. So uh, a credit to him for 300 goals, and uh, it's a good milestone for him. Paul, thank you very much. I know we can uh, catch our breath after eight. That was fun. <laughs> That's, that was uh, an entertaining game for sure. And it's just not to be uh, Debbie Downer, but it's it's too bad that there weren't wasn't the crowd that was here Saturday because this this place was rocking and it was only half full. Yeah, it was. And, and the thing is, they were rolling four lines. We talked about this at the end of the first period. They only had, had the one goal, but yet they spent most of the period in the offensive zone, and it was four lines just rolling through and forechecking, rolling through and forechecking, rolling through and forechecking. And then they would just continue to go, even on a change. They wouldn't lose their forecheck. It was just relentless how they were at winning battles, getting pucks into the right places and retrieving them. If they didn't have the puck, they got it back quickly, forcing turnovers, getting chances on the net. Um, you know, it's the first time in Sabre history that they have had 45 shots or more in three consecutive games. They had never done that before. So there's another record for you. And uh, they were legit chances. It wasn't just shooting from distance and hoping. Yeah, Cousins scored from distance, and I think the goaltender might want that goal back. But still, you know, you can't take it away from Cousins. It's a it's a good goal. I mean, he, he comes down, he's driving play, which he's been doing lately, and gets the puck to the net, and it goes in. What does Wayne Gretzky say? You 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 don't you miss on a hundred percent of the score shots you don't take, and uh, Cousins did. It was a good shot. As I said, the goaltender might want it back, but still, you can't take it away from him. And uh, just that's what I liked about it is just the relentless pressure they've put on, starting with the Chicago, and you can even say the Montreal game. Although. That's the lesson that Granada was talking about. Remember when he talked about that when Buffalo tied the game late in the third period and, and he thought they backed off and allowed Montreal to get the game-winning goal? And he said, that's not like us to do that. He goes, we want to go for it. We want to keep moving forward. We don't want to back off. We want to be the aggressors. And he was very surprised by that. I could tell by the way he was talking that he was pretty surprised his team did that. Obviously, it was pointed out to them, and it didn't happen against Detroit in this game like it did last year in in many different occasions uh, where they had, I think they had two goal lead in the first game against Detroit, gave it up in the last minute and lost in overtime. Uh, this one, Larkin scores the shorthanded goal to make it 4-3, to three, and next thing you know, it's 8-3. They did exactly what their coach wanted them to do, so they, they were listening, and they learned from the, Mont- from the uh, Montreal game. Paul, thank you very much for your work tonight. We'll see you back here Wednesday night. Let's remind fans it is a 7.30 start for uh, for everyone coming down here to downtown Buffalo. Thank you, Paul. Okay. See you then. Paul Hamilton here on our postgame show. Yeah, so the standings, Sabres are 6-3 and three with 12 points. Only the Bruins, through the same number of games, have more points. Boston's 8-1 and one with 16 points. But 
The Sabres in sole possession of second place right now in the Atlantic. Uh, everybody has played nine. The Leafs have even played ten. And uh, Toronto with only ten points through ten games, four, four, and two. Ottawa has played only eight games, but they are four and four only with eight points. So a very good month for the Sabres. And November is a busy month. Three this week in November. Pittsburgh on Wednesday at home in Carolina, in Tampa, Friday, Saturday. And then next week starts another home game for a stand, home stand with Arizona leading things off on Tuesday, November 8th. And with that, we'll put a wrap here on our post-game show tonight. Appreciate you listening. I want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer back in our Amherst studios. Thank you, TJ. Our crew here at KeyBank Center, Pat Malacarl, Jonathan Cozio, Paul Hamilton. Thank you, gentlemen. Tom Matty is our engineer. Show up with the Bulldog on the pregame. Our game announcers were Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. And my name is Brian Colesiel. I thank you for listening. Final score, Sabres 8, Red Wings 3. We'll talk to you here Wednesday night, Sabres and Penguins, right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.